What's up, the Enlightened Church? Thank you for joining us for today's message on podcast. We pray it blesses you and causes a shift inside of you. Stay tuned for the word. We love you. MTCB. Amen. Welcome to church. High five someone or give someone a big handshake and say, Welcome to church today. Welcome, 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 welcome. My keyboard man ran away. I don't know what happened. <laughs> short, short distance. <laughs> Amen. Welcome to church. Um, before before we go into the word, let me um I have an announcement to make. Um, first of all, thank you for coming to church once again. I'm glad you came to church. Trust me, it's it's not easy to come to church in the summer. There are many reasons to stay back home, but you came to church, and I'm happy and I am glad you came to church today. Um, so I have a good news. I, I don't know. Depending on how you take it. For me, it's good news. I don't know how you take it, but I hope it's good for everybody. Um, officially, from next month, August, we will start having two services. Not two Sunday services, but two services. One, okay, let me announce that again because I, I didn't see the joy. I'm, I feel like I'm the only one happy. From Wednesday, the first Wednesday, that's the 4th of August, 2021, we will be having our first evening weekday service come on amen and it will be we call it the digs like deeper in god yeah and uh, it's it's a wonderful thing it's actually just youth coming together expounding on the word of god it's not it doesn't you promise it's not something that will bore you out you just use exchanging ideas you it's it's um it's interactive yeah you come you hear what someone has to say okay let's all bring our opinions together on this what does this what do you think this means and everything it's just making the bible simpler right making the bible simpler in the sense that making it understandable right because there are many people who quote who read bible out of context to do all of that let's 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 understand the bible let's understand god right and let's make it personal with our individual life right i, I can I, I, you don't expect me to preach and ask what do you think and I, you can't expect me to ask what you think and then we no that's sunday services and sunday sermons and all that but once it's weekdays so we can all talk together. Hey, what do you think? Da, 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 da. And like that. I promise not to do da 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 da, da today. But anyway, amen. Um, I, I brought you. I brought you on the keys, and you just sat there. Wow. What's going on? <laughs> amen. Um, all right. Still standing. Thank you to everybody who's still standing. Let's um, let's go into the word. All right. Okay. Please put, put play some strings. Just do something. All right. Um, let's all go into the word. Book of Second Kings, chapter um, chapter six. Second book of Second Kings chapter six. If you have a Bible, kindly read it. If you don't, please pair with someone who does. This is the church of love. Please, if you have a Bible and you have someone who doesn't have a Bible beside you, please share it with them. This is the church. Uh, this we're Christians. We should love, yeah. Right. All right. Are we ready? Second Kings chapter. Sorry, Second Kings chapter six, and we'll start from the verse, from the eighth verse. Now this is about to be a long read, so y'all better strap up for this read. Are we ready? From verse 8, it says, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware of passing that place, because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Tell me which of us is the snitch. 
sorry, that's in my own version, in my own translation. Which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go out and find where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he's in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. He sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. I love that. They went by night and surrounded the city. Verse 15, um, I want to skin to this next few verses. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots and surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? What shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Do you believe that? Yes. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. In verse 17, um, And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Um, for those, just in case, just for those who probably have never heard this passage of the scripture, have you, have you ever heard that passage of scripture before? Alright, not everybody, but alright. Um, so uh, let's parallel it with something everybody knows, yeah? Um, it's in the New Testament, um, book of Matthew chapter 7. It's very interesting. Um, um, the person who led us for offerings actually took this same um, story, well, put in another book, which just shows how our hearts are aligned here. Amen. Anyway, Matthew chapter 7, and you know the most common verse there, verse 7. Matthew 7, 7. Are we, are we there? It says, um, Ask and you will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Um, this morning I thought to title my sermon, um, The Power of What You Magnify. The Power of What You Magnify. Let's bow our heads real quick. Um, dear God, we um, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that which you're about to show us. It's better than we know, bigger than we expect. And we trust you, God. We are hungry for more and we stay open and expectant. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before you take your seat, I want you to high-five three other people and say welcome to church once again. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Yeah, thank you to my keyboard. Yeah, you can think with my... You can. <laughs> welcome to church. And thou may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you, God. I hope, anybody, I hope no one was offended. I hope we don't have any COVID-sensitive people or persons here. Um, anyway... Thank you to everyone who is here once again. Um, I'm glad we were here today. Um, sorry, I've done, I've done too many arms, arms, arms. <laughs> sorry. Uh, okay, I just changed it. I just changed the pitch from arm to arm. Uh, okay. Uh, it's wonderful to be in the house of God. Trust me. Um, there's nowhere as good as here. Well, not building per se, but in fellowship of people with like minds who probably are confused and do not know what on earth we are doing. They're shouting too much. Yeah. I remember asking someone one time, I was asking for something and... Um, I think it was like a church location, no, no um, a location majorly. And I was asking him for, okay, how, how's your brother, how's your place and all that. And he was like, yeah, it's cool. You can have, you can host your, hold your services here. Just don't do those, now, that shouting, shouting things you guys do. And uh, I, I kind of laughed. I, I really, I straight up told him that this is the most hilarious comment I've ever heard. That shouting, shouting thing. That's like worship when we praise and all that. And I think the real reason people outside do not know, uh, the real reason people outside get offended when we praise and when we worship. It's because they do not know why we do it. 
why we worship God on Sundays, why we shout and lift our hands in worship, why we shed tears. It's not because it's not because we just want to feel good. It's not because we just want to shout and wear the best clothes and all that. If we know where, if we know what we have been through, we are grateful for where we are now. If we remember what God has taken us through the past week, weeks before that, the last year, the last two years, the last 15, 20 years, 30 even. If we remember what God has brought us through, we, are, we find more reasons to be grateful. And whenever we get the opportunity to lift our hands in worship and bless the name of the Lord, that's when we, we're able to pour out our appreciation. Have you ever felt so burdened in your heart? You, want, you, want, you just want to say thank you to someone and you've not had the opportunity. You want to say thank you. As much as I want to say thank you, they've not had the opportunity to hear me. Now this is like... That, that's the same thing with worship. That's like you come to God and in worship, you're singing songs and all that. Even though you don't, you don't know the words, your hands are just lifted in worship and your heart, your heart is aligned to what the, the songs are, 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 the lyrics of the songs and all that. And that's your heart pouring out, thank you, God. And before you know it, a smile just begins to like, to show from the corners of your cheek and just, you don't know why the smile is coming. But then you just remember certain things. You remember God, I used to be very stupid. God, now I'm getting wiser. God, I used to be this God, I'm getting better. God, I, God, nothing is happening, but I still find reasons to be grateful. God, nothing is happening. I've been praying for the same thing for two months and nothing has changed, but I still am grateful. I don't know why this gratitude is coming up. And even sometimes when it's very hard for us to worship God and be grateful, worship is the best time to still say, God, I know it's hard for me to say thank you right now because I don't think I've seen anything you've done, but still I am grateful for the things I don't see. Amen. And that's one reason we, worship, we value worship. So that's one of the reasons. I don't, I don't want you to miss out. On the summer of growth that's coming up um, next month, all through next month, all the Sundays in August, um, from the first up until the last Sunday. Yeah, the first Sunday is actually the first of of August. So next week Sunday, our summer of growth. I do not want you to miss it for anything. It promises to be wow, mind blowing. It's a place we grow, just like we said earlier. I want us to grow. We must grow as before, and before we go as an organization, as a church, we must grow as organisms, as persons. We must grow individually. Amen. Amen. So um, that's what I um. I mean, that's what I'm encouraging us to. Also, you know, I know the fast is hard. It's hard to fast, but let's fast, right? It doesn't matter when you, you break your fast, right? Just don't break your fast 11 or 6 a.m. <laughs> Amen. You say, oh, God, oh, God, I fasted from 12 to 6. Come on. I mean, uh, let's, let's get serious with it. If you want to grow, like he said, growth and comfort do not go together. You will never be comfortable whilst growing. Growth and comfort, if you want to be comfortable, you cannot grow. If you want to grow, you cannot be comfortable. They're just too places you have to grow out of your shell right they say think out of the box it means think out of your comfort space comfort zone grow outside you understand and that's what summer of growth is for amen all right back to the word all right um so the passage wonderful passage we read earlier sorry let me flip my king james to um yeah the wonderful passage we read earlier is um a very beautiful passage actually it's uh uh the king of aram uh came to attack children of Israel, and da-da-da. I said I wasn't going to do that again. Anyway, he came to attack them, and turns out the prophet Elisha kept on giving the king, um, he was like, Elisha was a snitch in the, in the kingdom of Israel, because God, whenever God spoke to him, he would go and um, tell it to, he would go and tell it to the king. Like, hey, king, um, the king of Haram is plotting something, they're plotting, plotting an ambush, they're planning to do this and da-da-da. And that and that and that, that's better for that, 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 that and that and that. And uh, so the king of Aram was already was always angry and vexed that how come whenever I plant something, someone always snitches? Who's the snitch in our midst? Who's the snitch? Everybody, let's form a circle. Who's the snitch in our midst and all that? And um, they, found, they found out that it was actually that there was no, um, no snitch, actually. It was just that God was speaking to someone. And then the king of Aram sent men. 
Bible says strong forces to go pick up Elisha. Right? They went to arrest him or to kidnap. I don't know what it was. Excuse me. They went to pick up Elisha. And uh, but I'm, I don't know if Elisha was awake when they came or whatever. But the morning, Bible says his servant came out first. Elisha someone came out of the house the same way you come out of the house to look at the surroundings early in the morning and all that. Look at, wow, God, I'm a very dirty person. I've not sold my compound for two weeks. This kind of going out in the morning thing. So probably the servant just came up one morning, the next morning, and found around them the old city has been um, kept under siege in the sense that they had attacked the old city. But the Obedas, they were waiting, right? They had surrounded the old city. They were waiting to attack um, and to go capture Elisha. But it, the, the response of Elisha is what just is what makes me like that's like real gangster. All right, verse I believe it's verse eighteen. Verse, I believe it's verse eighteen. Where is it? Um. Mm, okay, no, no, no. That no, it's before. I think it's verse sixteen. Now, permit me to read Old King James. All right, I love Old King James. He says, "Um, and he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them." That's a lot of they that, they that. But what he says is, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Right? And so it's so, it, I find it so wonderful because Elisha, or, or better said, Elisha's servant came out and I was like, oh, I, I, I kind of like picture Elisha's servant as a black, black man. Yeah? Just picture him ghetto, gangster, little black people. We love to like do more with them. We can say more than we can actually do. We, 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 we do a lot of talking that we can actually punch and exchange fists and all that. So I imagine this black servant's man, maybe he just, probably he just f finished talking to Elisha in his room that, man, if anybody comes up here, I'm going to show them my skills and my da-da-da. I'm going to show them streets. I'm going to take them to the streets. And then just walking out, he saw people surrounded. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, did the prophet's word just come to pass? I don't know. Just, that's how it goes in my head. So guy outside, he sees many soldiers coming after them. Oh, my God. And I, it's probably like, what on earth just happened? And it was like, yo, prophet, what should we do? What can we do? Do we run away? Do we, what do we do? And prophet, I'm guessing Elisha was like, I thought you just said you could, you could fight. Now you want to run away? Anyway, so he asked Elisha, hey, um, what, are we, what do we do? And Elisha said, fear not, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And uh, that's the power of what you magnify. Because um, the essence of faith is not that, is not, um, obviously, faith is not described or, 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 or shown in the absence of troubles. When there is no trouble, what is the essence of faith? Because oftentimes we, are always, we always attach faith to, um, to when everything begins to work in our favor, when everything is working, we can see everything working for our good and all that. And uh, that's actually a lie. Because um, the thing is this, the facts, and, and just like the story we just read, the facts will not always change. They are surrounded, they were surrounded. That fact did not change. But here's what changed in Elisha. Because both of them, I saw both of Elisha and his servants were looking at the same events, but were looking at, the, looking at them from two different ways, two different angles, and two different perspectives. Elisha's servant was looking at it that, oh my God, this is the end of us. Oh my God, I need to cut my text, my brothers and my sisters, da, 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 da. I need to text them. Oh my God, I haven't posted on Instagram this week. Oh my God, I cannot die. And like, like, like Spider-Man in, in, in Endgame, Mr. Stark, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Now that's, 
Elisha's servants, yeah? But Elisha was like, gangster, fear not. For those who were with us, and more than they, those who were with them. I kind of like imagine Elisha being Idris Elba for a minute. Anyway, the fact did not change. But Elijah's focus did. The facts will not always change. Your focus must. And that is the power of what you magnify. Listen, it's very simple. We are surrounded. Alright? But you can look at it from two different ways. Am I surrounded by troubles and anxiety and fear? Or am I surrounded by God? Who are you surrounded with? But oftentimes, we catch ourselves doing this. Just assume this is a magnifying lens. Trust me, I tried my best to get one, but I couldn't. But just assume this is a magnifying lens in my hand. What we do is this. We as Christians, everybody does this. When there's trouble, we oftentimes start to magnify our problems. We start to magnify our problems. And this is what we say. This is what we say. We say, ah, no, no. We, we, I have a problem. Let me think about it. Let me see what I can do. But when we are doing all of that, worrying and thinking and all of that, what do we do? We magnify our problems. And we magnify our problems. We magnify our fears. And guess what? We start to magnify our fear above our faith. Hmm. That is the power of what you magnify. It controls what you see and how you respond to what you see. The power of what you magnify. So the very first thing I felt the Holy Spirit drop in my heart when I read this verse for the first time, I mean this week for the first time, was where have you been looking? Where have you been looking? Listen, this is no, this is no spiritual term. This is a very natural thing that's can be, that can be parallel to everything. Everybody has a, ma- a magnifying lens in their hands. In everybody's hand is a magnifying lens. What you choose to magnify with it is up to you. In every hand is a magnifying lens. What you try to what you t- what you do with your magnifying lens is up to you. Will you magnify your fear over your faith? Will you continue to magnify your fear over your faith? Will you continue to magnify your fear over your fear for what the doctor would say? The doctor's report over God's report. Whose report will you believe? The Bible says. There are two choices, to believe the doctor's report, to believe people's report about you, to believe what your friends have concluded about you, to believe what people have said about you, or to even believe what circumstances have said about you. To either do that, or to believe what God has said about you. What you choose to magnify, the power of what you magnify, goes a long way. What have you been magnifying recently? Where have you been looking? I'll tell you a story. Um, a couple, uh, it happened one time. Um, so the, there was this like a what's it called um like a project yeah it was like a group project thing I was, I was like the team leader it was like a science um group project and um uh, I, and I went to one of them I was like hey listen man the lecturer the only thing the lecturer is asking is looking for is confidence if you're confident enough he 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 looks he he sees confidence he loves confidence I want you to be confident I want you to be confident and I kept on saying I want you to be confident confident and then one of then one of the girls that I was speaking to this is how she respond confidence no. I, I am very scared. I want to talk how she's I can't confident scared. I cannot be confident like this. So I am very, very scared. And I was like, hold on, hold on. You're getting me wrong. Confidence is not the absence of fear. Confidence is knowing that I know what I know and nothing can change what I know. Hmm, so true. And the same thing with our confidence in God. Does not mean we do not fear. It simply means I know what I know and nothing can change what I know. 
I know who I know and nothing can change who I know. I know what I know about who I know. That's a lot of no's, but nothing can still change what I know. That's confidence. And that's what you choose. That's what you choose to magnify. You can either be confident or be fear-filled. You cannot do both at the same time. You can either be confident or be fear-filled. What have you been looking at? Where have you been looking? God is challenging where your magnifying lens has been focused on. Most of us, the only thing we look at is how bad we are. Because just because we think negative thoughts, we think we are our negative thoughts. We think, oh my God, because I thought bad or thought evil yesterday, then I am evil. We start to magnify that. We start to magnify what people have said about us. Hey, listen, even this is the worst. We start to magnify our problems, our past, our traumas. And we start to define ourselves by that. Because here's the thing. Remember, let's, let's go back to that, that scripture in Matthew. I want to show you, show you guys something. That scripture in Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 7, yeah? And in verse 7, it says this, Ask and ye shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and ye shall be opened unto you. Here's the thing. Then look at verse 8. I love verse 8. It says, For everyone that asks receives, and everyone that seeks finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. For everyone that asks receives, asks, receive, and he that seeks finds. Meaning, what you look for, you will find. And we all, often that only attributes that passage of the scripture to good things. When you look for good things, when you look for good luck, when you look for joy, you will find joy. But the same thing attached to fear. Same thing attached to anxiety. If you keep on looking for reasons to be afraid, to be afraid you will find it. If you keep on looking for reasons to, to, be, uh, 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 to, to be anxious, you will find it. If you keep on looking for those reasons, you will find that's the thing about the word of God. The word of God, never, Jesus never said, ask and you shall receive good alone. Bible says, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Look for and you shall find. So if you keep on magnifying, what happened my pen? Okay. If you keep on magnifying your fears, you will keep on looking, you will keep on finding them. Even, this is the church, this is the church. Listen, if you come here, if you came here looking for problems and errors, let me tell you something. Spoiler alert, you will find. If you came here looking for loopholes, hey, you will find. If you came here looking for anything out of, outside of God, you will find that. The devil. Believe it or not, you will find the devil. Even in the midst of people. You will find, what are you looking for? What, are you, what, have your, what, are, what is your focus set on? That is the power of what you magnify. Because what you magnify, you get the most of. What you magnify, you get the most of. That's so good. But oftentimes, this is the problem. We start, we over magnify our problems. That we magnify our problems over the God that is standing beside us. We magnify what we are scared of above the God that's standing beside us. The God who stands beside us, who says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We magnify our problems above that, and then God becomes infinitesimal. In our eyes not because God is small just because of what we have chosen to magnify that is the power of what you magnify what you magnify you get the most of so will you keep on magnifying your fear above your faith I guess what happens you get more fear then you start getting anxiety and then before you know it heart attacks because you were scared do you want that or will you now start to magnify your faith 
above your fear. Does not mean the fear does not exist, only that it becomes infinitesimal to your magnificent God. It becomes infinitesimal to the God you so exalt. If you magnify your God above your fears, guess what happens? It looks, it becomes as if the fear no longer exists. Not like the fear does not exist, only that your God has more power over it. And so, would you, would you keep on seeing problems and seeing tribulations and seeing this and seeing that and saying, Oh my God, this is the end of me. Would you keep doing that in your squeaky, nonsensical voice? Will you keep doing that? Or will you pick up your magnifying lens and set it in the right direction? Just like, just like a, car, a car's mirror, yeah? A car's inner mirror. A car's, see, listen, the people who manufacture the car put the mirror there, but they made it adjustable. You can change your focus. If you take your focus off of the red view that, supposed to be, that, that the mirror was destined or proposed for, and you start looking somewhere else, guess what happens? You lose focus of what you're supposed to be looking at. Everybody has a magnifying lens in their hand. What you choose to magnify is up to you. Because what you magnify, like I said, you get the most of. Even in relationships. I, I believe every person did this or has done this at some point in their life. In relationship, you like a boy, you like a girl. What do you do when you like a person? You start to look for only the good things in them. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, she's got a cute dimple. Oh my God. Oh my God, he's got six packs. Oh my God. And we start to magnify that, you know? Guys, man, did you see that car he came in with? Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Girl, did you see that? Did you see that? Um, uh, do you see that whatever thing he did? Do you see his hairstyle? Do you see this? And we start to look at, look at that. We start to look for the things we like, yeah? But guess what happens when we try to hit them? We only look for the bad things. Man, she's got a cute dimple, but have you seen her teeth? <laughs> that boy don't brush, brother. He's got body odor. I thought you, you were with him last week. You didn't smell it? Nah, I do, man. I do. I smell it now. <laughs> I said, now. But what happened? <laughs> he chose what we magnified. What you look for, you will find. Look for problem, more problems. Look for troubles, more troubles. Look for peace. More peace. What you magnify, you get the most of. That's up to you. Totally up to you. You have to choose what you magnify. Will you magnify? It's not just, it goes beyond just singing, be magnified, oh Lord, on Sunday morning and then going on Monday and exalting your problems above your God. This is something you have to do intentionally. Everybody holds a magnifying lens. Do, we don't just bring it to church on Sundays alone. When we wear cute dresses and carry tote bags or whatever thing. That's not only when we hold our magnifying lens. Even, in, even our weekday, Mondays, we hold a magnifying lens. So listen, have you, okay, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a day go so wrong before? Like, the, from the morning you woke up, you already know, this is going to be a bad day. Somebody woke me up at 5 a.m. For nothing. Just to disturb my life and to disturb my peace. This day is bad. And then, truthfully, the day becomes bad. Guess why? 
will be magnified. Don't get me wrong, does not mean those bad things do not happen. But oftentimes, what we judge things by, what we judge our day by, what we judge our activities and events by is what we saw the most. What we magnify the most. So what have you been magnifying? Problems, fears, guess what? You keep on getting more of those. You find people who say, oh, I'm passing mental, whatever thing they say. I'm dealing with anxiety, you know? I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with fear, I'm dealing with fear. Uh, all right, okay, um, all right. Um, and then we need to pray, we need to pray for your fear and all that. Oh, pray? No, I'm afraid, no, please, let's not, let's not pray now, let's not pray now. <laughs> let's just put me in prayer as Pastor Mano. Do you want to get deeper or not? <laughs> okay, that's never happened, but I pray it never happens. Because I, I believe, I believe, I, I know God is never tired of us. But God is definitely tired of some things we do. Example is, holding our magnifying lens and exalting our problems above God. And then we, God becomes inactive in our lives. We go to church on Sundays, but it looks as if God has no impact in our life. Not like God doesn't. We only choose what we desire. We choose what we want by what we magnify. That is the power of what you magnify. And that was revealed in Elijah with Elijah and Elijah's servant. What they both magnified in that moment was two different things. Two different things. Look at Elijah. Look at Elijah's servant. What did he, what did he magnify? Oh my God, I'm, getting, I'm, getting, I'm losing followers. Oh my God, I'm da-da-da. Oh my God, this is happening. And this is happening, that is happening in fear, anxiety, trauma, addictions, all of this, anger even, over-magnified. And here's what happens. When we start to magnify our problems so big, we lose sight of the most powerful being in the entire universe that's standing by our side. And so when Elisha answered him in gangster mode, fear not. For those who are with us, and more than they that are with them. If you only understood what he meant, the only reason the servant did not understand was because his magnifying lens has been shifted. It's been magnifying the wrong things. So what have you been magnifying recently? Let me ask you this question. Um, attention everybody, yeah? I want to ask you a question that I want you to think deeply about. I'll give you two seconds. I won't say anything. Two seconds and then I hope you get it then. If you don't, you can go and do it over the week. Um, have you ever felt like... Okay, you know this, okay, let me say this. You know this word, O-D-D-S. O-D-D-S. Odds, yeah? We know odds, yeah? If you play betting, you know odds. If you know troubles, you know odds. All right? Two, two, one word, two different meanings. But have you ever felt like the odds were against you before? The chances of me winning, chances of me becoming this, it is more than slim. It is infinitesimal. The chances of me surviving this is slim. Have you ever had experiences like that? Chances of me becoming a better person is slim. Chances of me becoming a better man is slim. I have messed up all my life. I cannot be a good mom or a good husband. Chances of, of that has just been wrecked. Have you ever felt like the odds were against you before? If you have, let me see your hand. If you ever felt like the odds were against you, exactly, thank you, drop your hands. Now here's the thing, the odds are against you, that is true. That is 100% true, odds are against you. As a matter of fact, you never expect to hear this from a pastor, but let me tell you something, all the odds are against us. 
all the odds are against us. But you know the most beautiful thing about it? I love this. God intentionally sets up all the odds against himself. You know, you know arm wrestling, yeah? You know this arm wrestling, they call it power past power. That's a very dumb name, but they call it arm wrestling. When you come and like, oh, and then, then this is arm wrestling. You know what arm wrestling is? You know those, I, think, I don't know, back then in high school, there's always one dude who would sit down and all the class would come against. Yeah. You know that, that kind of person? Everybody come. If you know you can't, come. That's who God is. He will set up all the odds against you. Not because he wants to destroy you, but he wants to show your odds who your father is. He wants to show your odds who God really is. So when you find problems, when you find problems and anxiety and reasons to be afraid, ask them, have you met my God? Have you met my God? Have you met my God? Have you met this God I'm talking about? Yeah, you can ramble. Satan, I hear you rambling and all that. But have you met this dude? The one who's ever present, ever powerful, always powerful, omnipotent. Have you met him? He can do all things, sir. Have you met him? The power of what you magnify. The odds, listen, the odds, if the odds are against you, perfect. That is a reminder. See, whenever the odds are against you, that is a reminder that you have a God who is for you. The numbers were on the sides of the people of Aram, but power resides or resided on the side of Elisha. The numbers might be against you, but listen, power is on your side. What you choose to magnify. What have you been magnifying recently? What have you been magnifying of late? If the odds are against you, perfect. Listen, there's nothing more perfect than having the odds against you. Because listen, whenever we go through the worst days, worst problems, worst um, trials, whatever, that is not God selling us out. It's God reminding us that, hey, I am here. Mm -hmm. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. I'm here. I intentionally made all the arm wrestlers, all the best arm wrestlers in the world come. So I can defeat them on your behalf. Only when you magnify me. And oftentimes we sing the song, be magnified, like I said earlier, sang earlier. And we don't even know what it means. Simple. I put the one who I believe in over my fears. I magnify the one who I believe in over my fears. I magnify God above my fears. I literally put my magnifying lens above God. Of course, God is not small, but I, you can choose. Listen, God is never small, but it is so crazy how God can be small in our lives sometimes. He is never small, but it's so crazy how God can become small to some people all of a sudden, just like this. And you ask, when you ask them questions like, have you prayed about it? Yeah, 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 we'll do that later. Oh, okay. By that response, you know what they magnify in that season. What have you magnified? Because what you magnify, you get the most of. That, that, is, that, that is a principle to life. What you choose to magnify. That only, that and that only would you get the most there will always be troubles, always be trials, always be temptation, always be anxiety, always be fear, always be addictions. There will always be all of these things existing on earth. But what you choose to magnify, what will, you, what will be your focus? 
I preached a sermon. Um, the title of the sermon was spontaneous. And I said, um, I said, it is so crazy how some people are more worried about more okay, so it's so crazy how some people are looking over their shoulders for what God has already put under their feet. Bible says, sit on my right hand until I make all thy enemy thy foot too, yeah? So where, where are your enemies? Beneath you, yeah? But it's so crazy how many people are looking over their shoulders for something God has already put here. What did they do? They are magnifying the wrong things. Magnifying the wrong things. God wants you to set your magnifying lens right now. Listen, you cannot, you cannot keep on magnifying your sickness and expect healing. Does it work like that? You can't continue to magnify your depression and expect restoration. Does it work like that? You can continue to magnify troubles and expect peace. Life does not work like that. Neither does God. You, what you magnify is what you get most of. If you keep on magnifying depression, keep on magnifying anxiety. I don't, I, I don't use these words lightly. I, have, I mean every word I say here. If you, if you continue to magnify these things, what happens? We can never get the real healing. We can never get the real restoration. We can never get the real deliverance that we seek. Seek and you will find, yeah? Nor can it will be opened unto you. Only what you magnify. What you magnify, you get the most of. That is the power of what you magnify. So what have you been magnifying recently? What have you been magnifying of late? In your life, in your personal... I said I was going to ask a question and I forgot. But let me ask it now anyway. What have you been magnifying above God? Two seconds is complete. All right. What have you chosen to magnify above God? I know from that we say nothing, God first. We put it in our Insta bio, God first. And then we say, um, what's, what's that song, Drake's song? God's plan, hey, God's plan. Dun, 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 dun. I still don't know the lyrics, I'm sorry, Drake. But we say God's plan, we put God first in our Insta bio and whatever bio, every bio, every status, whatever thing, God first. On Monday morning, we put, post the Bible scripture. On Sunday morning, we post a, a song by Maverick City. I don't know why we would do that. But then... We do all of these things and we, we post things and da da da. But in the actual sense and actual realm of things, God is not first. As a matter of fact, God is probably number 10. This is how you know. When a trouble comes, probably relationship problems. Relationship. My boyfriend broke up with me. Who do you call first? God or Stacy? Dun 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 dun. Stacy! B, you won't believe what just happened. He just broke up with me. I did everything for that dude. I clothed him. I bought him a car. I bought him a car. I fueled his freaking car. He just left me like that. I, you know what? I'm going I'm to go and burn his house down. I'm going to burn, go, burn all his properties. What do you magnify? What are you magnifying there? When things go wrong, what do we, what do, we do first? This is our normal human instinct from the time of Adam. When things go wrong, what do we do? We pass the blame. That's our preset. That's not how, what God created. Ever since the fall, that is what men have resulted into doing. The moment things go wrong, we point fingers. God, this woman you gave me, she's the reason for this. This person you, this, this is the reason for this. We start to do what? We start to magnify problems and we start to push the blame. 
That's what we do. But what if when things go wrong, that is a call from God to make things right for you? What if that is the reason things go wrong? Just so that they can just so that God can make them right. Who do you call when things go wrong? Men, my friends, my dad, my this, my dad, and all that. What have you chosen to magnify? And that's how you know what you magnify the most. Have you been magnifying your friends above God? Do you think your friends are all knowing, all powerful above God? You shake your head and say no. But in the actual sense, have you checked it? Have you checked the pattern of your thoughts? Have you checked your heart's response to circumstances and situations? When things go wrong, there's a song, there's a, there's a popular hymn. I love that hymn and it's just singing in my heart. My mom will probably already singing this song. It says, when things go wrong, you make them right. God of the good times. Is still God in the bad times. God of the day is the God of the night. The fact does not have to change. Your focus needs to. God needs you to shift your focus. God needs you to change your focus today. God is tired of you running to other people, running to things that will not help you, running to those videos to satisfy you. God is tired of you running to people to satisfy you. God is tired of you jumping into relationships to fill you up. God is tired of you looking for new boys or new girls just to make you happy for a minute or make you happy for a moment or make you happy for a season. God is tired of all of that. God needs you to start to magnify the right things right now. God needs you to start to magnify the right things. God needs you to magnify him. God is saying, I am bigger than that problem. I am bigger than that need. I am bigger than that addiction. The fact that you have that addiction is a clarion, clarion call for me to step in. God wants to step in and change things. Step into the boat and calm the sea. God wants to do that. But where have our focus been? What, what is, where, is, where is our focus? God wants us to change our focus. That's, that's what God has just brought me here to say today. You need to change your focus. God, need, want, God wants you to change your focus. It is God's desire that your focus changes. From your fear to faith. God wants you to change your focus. Change it. Circumstances will not always change. But how you view them can. How you view the circumstances need to change. Your focus needs to change. They all need to change. So what have you been focused? Where has your focus been? In that thing, that problem, that that um, trial, that tribulation. What has your focus been on? Where has it been? God needs to change today. God needs it to change today. God needs that focus to change today. Are you willing to do the job? Are you willing to start checking? See, listen, make a list. Make a list. Weekdays, 
go into your, 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 your notepad, whatever thing, or your smartphone or, or whatever thing. Write it down. Hey, this is how I respond to certain things. This is how I respond to when I'm scared. Who do I call when I'm scared? Who do I go to when I'm scared? Where do I run to when I'm scared? When I, when I, feel, when I feel a little, um, when I feel like all my hormones are raging, where do I go to? You need to start checking that. You need to start checking that. Where you run to, where your hormones are raging. You need to start checking that. You need to start checking that. God wants you to set your focus right. God needs you to set your focus right. He wants you to move your magnifying lens from fear to faith. From tribulation to triumph. God wants you to set your focus right. Are you willing to do the changing? Listen, God is willing and ready to do the healing if you are ready to do the shifting. Are you ready to shift your focus? God is ready to do the healing if you are ready to do the shifting. God is ready to do the transformation if you are ready to do the task. Task is simple. Move your focus. Magnify the right things. Move your focus and magnify the right things. God wants you to magnify the right things from today. Are you ready for that? Move it. That's it. That's all God is asking you to do. Move it. Move it. Move it. Move it. And I, I, I want you to see something that got my attention in um, the last verse. Let's all go back to that part of the scripture. Um, 2 Kings 6 and verse 17. Let's all go back there. I want us to, I want us to, have, I want us to bookmark this, probably highlight it in your Bible, or write it down, tattoo it to your palm, your backs, whatever thing. Just don't tattoo, tattoo it to your buttocks, please. That would be irritating. But do whatever thing you want to do. But I mean, this verse, I love it so much. And look, it's very simple. It says this. Verse 17 says, Open his eyes, Lord. Oh, should I wait for y'all? I feel so giddy about the scripture. I feel so giddy about the scripture. I feel so giddy about the scripture. Are we ready? All right, he says this. Open his eyes, Lord. That's 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 18. Verse 17, sorry. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the eels full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Listen, guys. I want, this is what I want us to do. I want us to have some, put on some new 2021 focus goggles, all right? I want us to start to change our focus now. That is what God does. He would help you. The, the focus of the man, of this man, listen, when Elisha said, God helped me open, God opened his servant's eyes. It was never recorded that the servant was blind. As a matter of fact, the servant was the one who saw the horses first, who saw the troubles first. So what did the prophet mean? Open his eyes. It means God changed his focus. Change his focus. Move his magnifying lens. Help him magnify the right things from today. Move his, move his lens. Move his lens. So I want you to put that a new Vision 2021 goggles on. HD, ultra HD. That does not magnify troubles above God. That does not magnify fear above God. That magnifies our faith in God above what we are afraid of. We need to start to do that today. Because what you magnify, you get the most of it. What you magnify, you get the most of it. Say it with me. What you magnify, you get the most of it. What you magnify, you get the... On beat, come on. What you magnify, you get the most of it. What you magnify, you get the most of it. Come on. 
What you magnify, you get the most of it. Yeah, what you magnify, what you magnify, you get the most of it. Hey, what you, come on, you get the most of it. Boom, what you magnify, you get the, your fears, what you magnify, you get the, your addictions magnify, you, your anxieties. Hey, your problems. Hey, you get the most of your problems. Your anxieties, what you magnify, you get the most Your doubts, what you magnify, you get Or faith, what you magnify, you get the most of it. Or faith, what you magnify, you get the most Or faith, what you magnify, you get the most Or faith, or faith, or faith. Be on your feet, everybody. Come on. What you magnify, you get the most of it. What you magnify. You get the most of it. So God, hands bowed on the courses, boys. Hands lifted. I never, I, I don't ask people to lift their hands, but this is how we surrender. Surrender our focus, where we have been looking at wrongly. God, we surrender all that we think, all that we know, God. We surrender where we have been looking wrongly, God. We surrender our eyes for you to shift it. Our heart for you to move it. Our focus for you to change it, God. God, we surrender now. I just want you to whisper those words under your breath. God, I surrender where I've been looking. Everywhere I've been looking wrongly. I've been looking for relationships to satisfy me. I've been looking for people, men, women to satisfy my urge. I've been looking for things. To, I've been watching videos to satisfy this space, God. But God, I surrender now, God. I surrender my focus, God. I surrender my focus, God. I surrender my focus, God. We surrender all, we surrender all, God. We surrender all, God. Lord, we surrender, God. All we have, all we know, God. God, we surrender all, God. We surrender all, we surrender all, we surrender all. God, we choose to magnify you now, God. If indeed, God, you are who you say you are, so God, we set you above our fears, God. We set you above our anxiety. We set you above our addictions. We set you above that problem. We set you above, God. We set you above, God. We magnify you, God. We magnify God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, God. Lord, we, we, we magnify you, God. Lord, we magnify you, God. Lord, we magnify you. And Father God, we realize, God, that we've not been looking in the right place for so long, God. And God, with humble hearts, we say, God, we're tired of looking at people, looking to people to feel us, to satisfy us, God. God, it is time, God, that we shifted our focus, God. It's high time we shifted our focus, God, from self to you, from fear to faith, from anxiety to God, from troubles to God. We magnify you above everything now, God. We magnify everything. I mean, we magnify you, God, above everything, God. We put our faith in who we believe in, God. And this is the confidence that we have, that we know what we know, we know who we know and nothing can change who we know. 
God, we change, we, 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 we change our focus, God, from self to you, God. Whose report shall we believe? Not the doctor's report, but your report, God. What you say about us is what we believe. And we say thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, God. Lord, we give you praise, God. Father God, I have said, I've given your children what you asked me to give them. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we command an outpouring, God, of revival, of shift, of an adjustment, of a paradigm shift in the hearts of your children today, God. Me inclusive, God, because I do it also, God. I'm not perfect, I am imperfect. But God, we surrender where we put our focus, God. God, we, we, we take our focus off of the numbers, God. We take our focus off of figures, God. Off of the money in the bank, God. You know, we put our focus on you, God. We celebrate you above everything, God. Because we know, God, you're intentional. You got everything in your hands, God. You got it all planned out. And we trust you, Father God. God, we trust you, God. God, we, 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 we put our faith in you. We put our faith in you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Hey, if this message blessed you in any way, I need you to do a couple of things for me. One, join our online growth community. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Teacher Global. On YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the bell icon to know when we post a video on you. Like this video, comment what spoke to you, what transformed something inside of you. Two, share this message with your friends, your families, even your enemies. Three, pray by giving and whatever God lays in your heart to give. Do so by hitting the link in the description below. Hey, go out, be transformed, and be thou enlightened. God bless you. We love you.